3: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93
1: WIBC. So let's
4: rock it. October has been a difficult month for our city.
1: Indy Mayor Joe Hogg said October has been a difficult month. What were we yesterday? We were at 24 homicides in 24 days or something like that hammer uh my name is nigel by the way that's jason hammer it'll be it's it's weird because like people in the hogshead administration will say yeah boy it's been a difficult month and then they'll turn around and do some sort of half-hearted victory lap saying but it's not like it was a couple years ago right um and we're investigating uh, another shooting And one victim is deceased today, Hammer. So
2: if this shooting turns out to be a homicide, which, again, looks like that's probably the case here, this shooting on the east side, this makes 25 and 25. 25 homicides, 25 days. And keep in mind, we still got quite a bit of this day still to go. So that number could even be higher. Uh, Police investigating after two people were shot on the east side uh, one of the victims was deceased this happened just before 1 30 earlier today uh, just west of arlington avenue by 21st street officers arrived to find two people had been shot and again if indeed a homicide mm-hmm. and all signs are leading mm-hmm. to that direction this would be 25 and 25 days
1: I think it's interesting. Sometimes we hear about these shootings, especially late at night, where, like, uh, yeah, the victim just wandered into Eskenazi. The uh, victim of the shooting now uh, uh, just uh, walked into the emergency room. Hey, got shot. I mean, it happens all the time.
2: That's like a normal a, it, occurrence it, yeah. now. That shouldn't That's, be normal. People shouldn't just walk into a hospital, and the staff were like, oh, hi, Bob. Come on in. Hey, <laughs> you shot again? Another gunshot, uh-huh. huh? All, all right. Boy. Go have a seat in the back. <laughs> Uh, that's not normal 200 homicides is not normal but every time you bring up the crime in this city this is the type of response you get from the leadership intentional homicides in the city of indianapolis have gone down 18 percent, 17 to 18 percent year year over year I'm not going to give you the speech of you're not supposed to set a record every year because I get that's becoming a broken record. But this is going to be a top three year of homicides. This is shaping up to be three years in a row of over 200 homicides. That can't be acceptable. That can't be the norm in this city. Um, Reverend Charles Harrison friend of our program. He's been on with us a lot of times. He goes out, he walks the streets of some of these high-risk areas with his group. He spoke to Channel 13 about what's going on in the streets.
4: I know we're down from last year's numbers, but it doesn't feel that way out here. For those of us who are out here in the streets and what we hear from the residents, people are as afraid concerning the violence today as they were last year and the year before, and and obviously we're probably going to be 200-plus homicides again for the third year in a row.
1: Did you see Reverend Charles Harrison's son got beat up, got jumped? Playing basketball. basketball. And he, quote on Twitter, I want to call the police last night to report the incident with my son being jumped and kicked in the face, but I was concerned that it might make the situation worse because... I have no confidence in the prosecutor's office nor the juvenile court system. I'm glad everything's okay with with Reverend Charles Harrison and his son.
2: But, I mean, again... It sounds like you can't even go play basketball without worrying about having some crap go down. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. And if you go back to that prosecutor's debate that took place, uh, I believe, a couple of weeks ago now, you know, Ryan Mears was real quick to downplay the juvenile violence because, one, they're not juveniles. They're kids. They're kids, in his words. And kids, boy, they can't have any problems. They can't have any criminal records. Let's be real. Let's stop living in, you know, Hollywood la-la land here. Some kids are a problem. Some kids are a pain in the ass, and some kids need to be locked away. But this prosecutor doesn't want to accept that. And, again, you've got the chance to change that coming up two weeks from today here in Marion County. Uh, Last night, Nige, Indiana congressional candidate Jennifer Ruth Green. Now, again, she is a Republican, African-American, she went on with Tucker Carlson and discussed how the Congressional Black Caucus is not supporting her, a black woman, but they're supporting a white man, Democrat Frank Marvin, who's running against her. Take a listen to what she had to say on Tucker last night.
5: As yep. I'm sitting in our district, we have a third of our people in Gary, Indiana, who are sub poverty level. We have a third of the people in Gary, Indiana, who live in food deserts. And so here are people who are hurting. And so the economy that Congressman Frank Mervan has voted for has consistently put them in a place where they have to choose between gas and groceries, where Congressman Frank Mervan has voted for three trillion dollars in spending and has spent their grandkids money. And these are African-Americans who are clearly hurting, and he has zero regard for them. And they are focused on trying, the CBC specifically, focused on trying to elect, continue to elect him because overall they believe he's doing a good job. But I can just tell you this, Mr. Carlson, there is a, a line a mile and a half long of cars that sit outside my headquarters. People who need to get to the food pantry, who need help, and this is the America that the Congressional Black Caucus wants to act as if it is helping black people, and it is very clearly not in Indiana's first congressional district.
1: Yeah, she was great last night, Jennifer Ruth Green. She was on Tucker, and uh, it's just so strange to me, the CBC, she mentioned, the Congressional Black Caucus is, you know, it's supposed to be, they, quote, ensure black Americans have the opportunity to achieve the American dream. They're supporting a white Democrat congressman. And I guess it just depends on what letter you have next to your name, right? It doesn't matter your race or the color of your skin. The Congressional Black Caucus is uh, party over uh, uh, the the letter of your name or the the, the, the your skin tone.
2: Remove I mean, the she, word congressional, just make it Democrat.
1: Look at, I mean, they uh, quote have the opportunity to achieve the American dream for African Americans. Green's running for Congress. In Indiana's, what was it, the first congressional district? Up by Gary. Yeah, if if she was elected, she would be the only black Republican woman in the U.S. House of Representatives. The only black Republican.
2: And think about what she just said right there, what she wants to accomplish in Gary. She wants to be able to feed the people. She's talking about uh, fellow African-Americans here. If you're the Congressional Black Caucus, why would you not want to lift up that message? Why would you not want somebody in that position? But instead, she's got an R next to her name, so they can't have anything to do with her. That's ridiculous. It's disgusting. But that's where
1: we're at right now. It's not the first time the CBC has done that as well. It was, uh, I think it was by- Byron Donalds from Florida. Um, they didn't let him join the caucus last year because it had an R next to his name. Same thing. So this is not a one-time deal uh, by those guys.
2: Uh, Mondo, let's shift gears and talk about something a little bit more uplifting. How about some Halloween stuff? Oh, Pumpkins, candy, <laughs> costumes, Halloween stuff. Big Nige, we are less than a week until Halloween. Do you have a costume? Are you going to dress up and pass out candy? Do you guys do anything?
1: I don't have a costume. My wife usually does a costume thing with the kids. I really don't don't mess with it, really. I, I'll get home and I'll walk the neighborhood with the kiddos uh, next Monday, and it'll be fine. Yeah, they, they're all ready. They're, they're ready for it. I mean, the house is decked out. There's skeletons and pumpkins all over the place, but no, nah, I don't really do the... Costume thing to you? Yeah, once well, in a while, I do. Yeah, but you break break out the speakers and the DJ equipment, right?
2: Yeah, we do it okay. up big. Here's an easy idea: you don't have to spend any money. Just put on a pair of tidy whiteies, uh, have like a <laughs> cigarette hanging out of your mouth, and when kids open the door, you can tell everybody you're Hunter Biden. <laughs> You're a Uh, Burisa salesman. How about that? Yeah. Greet the kids with that costume. You're a Burisma
1: board member. That's my
2: costume. (laughs) Um, So you're more of a scary movie guy than I am. I'm not a big scary movie guy. Have you been watching any? Have the kids been getting into the Halloween spirit? There's
1: like some Halloween stuff on Disney and Netflix, but the kids stuff. I haven't really watched any horror movies for a long time. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager coming up, sure, yeah, you know, Nightmare. Mary on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Candyman, Halloween, all of them. All of them, for sure. But yeah, I kind of lost that that, um, desire to see that
2: stuff. It feels like there's kind of a common thread with all of these horror movies. There's always some Dumb chick that can't walk, and she falls, and that's how she ends up getting killed. Uh, The minorities get killed right away for some reason in these scary movies. It's always a babysitter, too, isn't it? And there's a babysitter that gets killed, always. (laughs) So, in honor of what we've learned about scary movies, our record label, Hammer and Nigel Records, have this new tribute out to the babysitters that never make it out of horror movies. (laughs) And when we put this together, we were kind of uh, listening to a lot of Billie Eilish.
0: Oh, let me call you right back. This better not be him again. Late night, I'm home and all alone. Freaked out by the voice that's on my phone. Oh no, I think I heard him moan. Uh, Gross! I'm like the babysitter. Oh, yeah. So you're a bad guy. Like to wear a mask, guy. Things on his hands, guy. Never says a lot, guy. I'm that young type Always on the phone type Looking in the basement type run across the lawn type First to die type <laughs> First to die Oh my god Why am I running so
2: slow? <laughs> oh no They do run really slow in these movies I guess I won't
0: be in the steeple
4: That's a little something to get you
2: in the Halloween spirit from Hammer and Nigel Records.
1: You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Hammer, have you ever heard of something called a zombie driver? See, I'm looking at this survey here. It says 27% of Americans are zombie drivers. Do you know what that is? Like whacked out of your brains on meth? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess... That's not what is described here, Uh, zoned out while driving, I guess. 27% say they are zoned out while driving. 55% say they feel like they're driving on autopilot. Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I'm assuming that's a bad thing.
2: Yeah, it's right. kind of concerning. Half the people out on the roads are just saying, uh, eh, sometimes my mind's in it, sometimes it's not. That's, that's where, concerning. Uh, that's
1: where a Tesla comes in handy, though. That's where, you know, it drives yourself. Yeah, let me
2: just
5: crap, crap out, out sixty
2: grand and go buy one real quick. Uh,
1: yeah, okay, Pete. Pete Buttigieg uh, <laughs> would love you to do that. Uh, on average, drivers say they zone out about four times per week. Happens more often during the longer drives.
2: See, this is uh, what scares me as a dad who's got a young driver yeah. in the family. Like I hear these stories, what am I supposed to do with this? 55% of the people say they zone out when they drive. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Uh when asked why zombie driving occurs so
1: often, almost 50% said it happens when they have a lot on their mind. Well, oh, okay. well then it's okay. It'll make you feel better. I'm For-
2: glad you crashed into that poll, but you got a lot on your mind. 42%
1: feel it Happens when they drive tired, 40, uh, 40% say they zone out while driving on familiar roads that you drive every day. Like, you know, I'm 65 northbound pretty much every day of my life. I've been coming down here to this building, to this job since the early 2000s. I'm very familiar with it. I don't know that I zone
2: out. Is it considered um, zombie driving if, like, you get in your car and you're going to run an errand, but you just get on the highway like you're going to work? Have you ever done that? <laughs> you
1: take the wrong, right, go the wrong way. Right. You just hey, go through your daily routine. Yes. And you're like, Wait a minute. That's, I don't need to go downtown. I'm supposed to go to Greenwood. That's zombie driving. Right there. I've That's done that. what happens. You get uh, into that
2: force of habit every single day. You miss your
1: exit. You think you're going downtown, but you really, you know, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to the in law's house. What am I doing?
2: Right, right. Uh, I do a lot of zombie stuff, though. I zombie go to the fridge. I go to the fridge <laughs> and I'll forget what I'm looking for. And then I'll just end up grabbing a beer and sitting down. And I'll try to think about it. Uh,
1: 90% uh, of everybody that took this. Survey, you know, you know, you have some people say they're zoned out, some people say they're they're zombie drivers. Yet ninety percent say they consider themselves good drivers. <laughs> I zone out four or five times uh, a week while driving, but yeah, no, I'm a really good driver. I'm a good driver. <laughs> that's
2: I'm a good like driver. Bragging to your friends, I'm the best drunk driver we have in the group. No, that's that's not something that's, you want to no. brag
1: about. Stop. Now, this is the scary one. Americans seem to enjoy multitasking on the road. Multitasking while you're on the road. 55% admit to eating while driving. Guilty. Which I don't think that's as egregious as checking your phone, which is 51%. Oh, see, that's the thing. Uh, 36. The phone. Ta- well, 51% say talking on the phone, and then 36% say checking their phones for notifications.
2: Like 10, 15 years ago, yeah. if somebody in front of you was driving, and they were swerving, you'd think, oh, they're drunk. But now, that moron's probably just on his phone. He's sending out a tweet yeah. while he's doing about 70 on the highway. Which is
1: just as worse.
2: Um, are you a big Iron Maiden fan, Nigel? You're like the the rock guy. uh,
1: No, I never got into Iron Maiden. I'd like them more for their cool album covers. Got that big, scary zombie dude on the cover. I was speaking of zombies, Eddie, I think, is the mascot's name. It's a Skull. Or just a, you know, I, I, never, I'd expect ever.
2: something a little more scary to be named something other than Eddie. Yeah, no, it's Eddie, I believe. Look at Bruce, that horrifying
1: sight! <laughs> What's his name? Eddie. Oh, well. But okay. I always thought it was cool that the lead singer of Iron Maiden, uh, Bruce Dickinson, is um, a pilot. He flies his own band around in like a 747. I don't know if it's that big of a plane or not, but Um, They have their own
2: plane, and he's a professional commercial-grade pilot. So there's this video going around of Bruce Dickinson, the front man for Iron Maiden. He's at a concert, and listen, people smoke weed at concerts, especially like classic rock concerts, right? Somebody sparked up a dube in the front row, and... <laughs> oh, no. Listen to this. He melts down. He says that he hates it, and his bass player hates it, and it affects his playing when people smoke weed in the crowd.
5: I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, there's so many people smoking
0: so much f***ing dope down here. I don't know if can even see. Poor old Steve. You know, I don't know if you know, but he absolutely He hates marijuana and the smell of it, alright? So when he's trying to play bass, it f***s him up. So it f***s me up. I'm a singer, right? So, so if you've got, I would just ask, tiny bit of respect. If you want to go and get completely stoned out of your f***ing mind, go out the back and do it.
2: That was the lead singer, Iron Maiden. Boy, nothing says rock and roll like, can we stop smoking the weed? I mean, come on,
1: really? Yeah, those guys aren't really big drug guys. Bruce Dickinson, I think he wrote in his book a couple of years ago that he was like the worst guy on the planet because he used to smoke everybody else's weed. Like he never had to buy it in his life, never got addicted to it or anything like that. So I think they're pretty on the straight and narrow when it comes to that stuff.
2: Bruce Dickinson and Stewie from Family Guy are the same guy because there was an episode of Family Guy where Stewie was like the anti-hippie performer at a concert. Uh, excuse me, it's been brought to my attention that a few bad apples out there are smoking marijuana. Uh, I've got news for you, my friend, marijuana's illegal. Not cool. All right, then. Establishment, establishment. You always know what's best. Yes, sir! the lead singer for Iron Maiden right Stewie <laughs> and Bruce Dickinson same person which brings us uh, to great moments in Buzzkill history and I think you know where we're going here ladies and gentlemen Luke Bryan when you throw a bra at someone no. kind of watch the face
3: <laughs> <laughs> don't hit me in the face
1: Something where your boobies were.
2: <laughs> Good uh, lord. I'm Johnny Luke Cash Brian. rolled over in his grave hearing that. I'm Luke Bryan. I don't want to see your boobs. Keep your bras on. I'm Luke Bryan. Mondo, can I can I hear your version of that? I'm Luke Bryan! <laughs> boobies! I'm Luke Bryan! It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. And we're
1: back. The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIPC. <laughs> Can we get right into it, Mondo? Because I don't want to waste any time. I've been salivating. I've been chomping at the bit to get into some (laughs) midterm stuff.
2: Debates. (laughs) Fetterman.
0: Eagles (laughs) are so much
2: better than midterm stuff.
1: Uh. (laughs) I always think you say bowling at the beginning of that.
2: (laughs) That's in Georgia. Remember, they were the first ones to open up bowling after the pandemic. Oh, that's right. Go bowling, bowling, bowling. (laughs) We're going to have to find that. So tonight, it is on like Donkey Kong. We've got the Pennsylvania Senate debate. Fetterman's Donkey Kong, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he is. Um, (laughs) This is going to be interesting. Now, again, we talk about all these midterm races in other states, because ultimately it will affect you here in Indiana. Of course. If you have a state that puts an absolute lunatic into the House, into the Senate— these are the people that will control your health care, uh, what happens in your neighborhood, how much crime will come through the border, things like that. They all want to change
1: the laws. They want to pack the Supreme Court with radical judges. They want to take your way, uh, away your rights as gun owners. They want to defund the police. They love letting the worst offenders out of jail like Fetterman does. Uh, Fetterman, for God's sake, thinks every murderer in jail is Morgan Freeman
2: from Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> right. Right. You know what? Every once in a while, somebody's just a rotten, horrible yeah. POS, and maybe they need to rot and die in jail, but that's just me. I'm a romantic.
1: Oh, Andy. Yeah. The sisters got to Andy that day.
2: <laughs> so, 8 p.m. tonight, uh, <laughs> Fetterman versus Oz. This is the only debate they're going to have in Pennsylvania. Are you? Is this
1: tailgate worthy? At all for you. I mean Man. you, you kinda of like to joke around every time one of these things happens. Is this like, you know, are you breaking out the keg? Are you putting the ice, are you putting the wings like- on the
2: smoker? Content-wise, I'm not sure, but just for the circus factor, I think I'm kind of interested. Yeah, but
1: Fetterman's camp is already downplaying it. Like, yeah, look, this guy, our candidate, just to let everybody know, is going to suck. So it doesn't make me makes me not even want to watch it. <laughs> Was
2: that the press release they put out? <laughs> I
1: mean, it's so many words. <laughs> they did put out a memo to the press.
2: I've got it here. Can I read you the uh, statement it from does, the Fetterman does camp? Does it say the word suck anywhere?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the okay. word suck. Uh,
2: quote, the captioning process. <laughs> now, before we get into this, explain what the captioning process is tonight.
1: Well, I think he's got to have the questions not only read to him out loud, but they've got to put it on a like a, a teleprompter, basically. Like a closed right? captioning
2: teleprompter thing. And yes. he's got an earpiece, too. And he's too. got
1: somebody talking to him
2: in his ear. So, again, this is stuff that Dr. Oz has agreed to, but this was the statement from Camp Fetterman. Quote, The captioning process may also lead to time delays and errors in the exchange between the moderators and the candidates. In fact, because the captions are going to be typed out by humans in real time on live TV, some amount of human error in the transcript is inevitable, which may cause temporary miscommunications at times. It's impossible to control and unavoidable. They also go on to say... (laughs) Talking about Fetterman's past debate performances, that quote, this isn't John's format. Look no further than the debates from the primary earlier this year. Yeah, so yeah. you're right, that is fancy
1: talk for this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy is going to, he's going to and then the press release also went out of their way to insult or backhand uh, Dr. Oz saying, and Dr. Oz is a professional uh, snake oil salesman. He's been on TV for 30 years, so just keep that in mind when you're watching the debate. I've never seen this before. I've never seen somebody's campaign issue a statement to the press and say, yeah, look, this isn't our guy's thing. He's not very good. (laughs) Uh, Fetterman. 2022. (laughs) This (laughs) guy's not
4: very good.
1: (laughs) For God's sake, at least, I mean, uh, he's he's debating Oz. I mean, we we got people here in Indiana. Uh, Andre Carson won't debate his opponent. uh Grabowski. Uh, um, Diego Morales. Diego Morales. You go over to Arizona. That weirdo Katie Hobbs running for governor won't debate Carrie Lake because she's obviously the superior candidate, and she knows she gets her butt wiped through the floor with her
2: is it smart by the Fetterman campaign though to set expectations so low that if basically if they just trot him out there and he grunts three times and that's a big beefy <laughs> fart they're gonna consider this a success tonight like is that where the bar is at for Fetterman tonight
1: <laughs> that would be awesome maybe uh,
2: yeah uh. dr. Oz you have 30 seconds to respond. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, there's not even it's not even a live audience. It's just it's it's the moderator in those two. Like I, I got news for
2: Fetter Woman there. If you yeah. can't handle doing a debate uh with Dr. Oz, how are we gonna trust you when, you know, just a couple of months you moved to Washington, DC and you've got Rand Paul and Ted Cruz giving you a bunch of crap on yeah. the floor about a bill. Exactly. You're gonna handle that, but you can't handle this type of setting? I mean, how much better is your health really going to be in January of 2023 compared to right now? Uh, Last night in Florida, they had their gubernatorial debate, and it was Charlie Crist against Ron DeSantis. And I was texting uh, Rob Kendall last night about this. Don't tell me that big tech is not colluding with the Democrats. Because in real time, while this debate was going on, if you just typed in DeSantis on Twitter and hit latest, Okay, and just scroll through. It's every blue check mark, every Rex Chapman, every loser talking about how great Charlie Crist is. Now keep in mind, Ron DeSantis is probably the second most popular Republican in this country right now. Some would say even number one certainly number one in Florida, but he's not getting the same traction on social media, on Twitter, as this loser, Charlie Crist? Who would you say number one is? Trump? Are you talking about Trump? Okay,
1: Um, and, and you're saying, so in real time... Comments were coming in. Oh, Charlie Crist is
2: winning. Charlie Crist is embarrassing. Ron DeSantis, one right after the other. So, again, I hope Elon Musk fires every one of these losers. (laughs) The minute this sale goes final, I hope he fires every damn one of these people. Um, So, here are some highlights last night. Charlie Crist accused Ron DeSantis of shutting down Florida during COVID. What? What?
4: And I would also say this. You mentioned, Liz, that people are flocking to Florida. That would not have happened if Charlie Crist had his way. He wrote me a letter in July of 2020 saying you need to shut down the state of Florida. He said you need to force people to shelter in their own homes. That would have destroyed the state of Florida. That would have caused caused our tourism industry to go into the toilet. It would have locked out millions of kids from school. I rejected Charlie Crist's lockdown letter. I kept this state open and I kept this state free. And we now have the biggest budget surplus in the history of Florida. Well, Ron, that's rich. You're the only governor in the history of Florida that's ever shut down our schools. You're the only governor in the history of
2: Florida that shut down our businesses. I never did that as governor. You're the one who's the shutdown guy. You never did that as governor because you didn't have a pandemic to deal with.
1: And uh, DeSantis pretty much did an about face and opened everything back up right away. Right. It mean, does have a point. Like, uh, Christy Noam said that uh, a few months ago to at DeSantis. Well, uh, you know, because she was bragging that she's the only governor that never shut anything down. Right. Uh, but to say that <laughs> DeSantis is the lockdown governor, give me a break. See, this, to this is me, so Stupid
2: tells you that the Democrats know how disastrous these lockdowns were for the economy, for their states, for school. And now their only way to try to get a few votes is just lie through their teeth and say, ah, eh, the Republicans did it. That's all they've got. Hell, Dr. Fauci's doing the same thing right now. I never said that you should lock things down. My ass, you were the face of all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You were the one that told the president what to do. So if that's the card that we're going to play here, fine. But don't lie to people. Uh, Here's Ron DeSantis responding to Charlie
4: Crist. He opposed having kids in school. His supporters sued me to keep the kids out of school in 2020. And And how critical was that decision? We just got the nation's report card, the results from all 50 states. Florida, number three in fourth grade reading and number four in the country in fourth grade math. And if you adjust that for demographics, we are number one in the country in both. That would not have happened if we let Charlie Chris and his friends lock our kids out of school like they did in California and like they did in New York.
1: Look at this poll about how... DeSantis performed and handled COVID 19. Even a big chunk of Democrats supported how he handled it. 34% gave their approval, according to this poll, along with, of course, 98% of Republicans. Right. And he, just as a side note, uh, DeSantis, huge with Hispanics as well in Florida over Christ.
2: At one point in the debate last night, Charlie Christ called Ron DeSantis the most divisive governor in the country. And the response from Ron DeSantis. Let's just let him say it
4: denying girls and women athletes the right to compete fairly, I think that's divisive. I think it's divisive to rip opportunities away uh, from our girls in the state of Florida. And you want to talk about divisive. The day after Charlie Chris won his primary, he said, anyone that supports the governor, you have hate in your heart and I don't want your vote. Well, think what that means. I'm endorsed by every police group in the state of Florida. I'm endorsed by the firefighters. I'm endorsed by the truckers, uh, the nurse and necessists, retail (laughs) federation, farm bureau, the whole cross-section of the state of Florida is backing me they do not have hate in their hearts because that's they reject time, charlie chris they want to keep florida going and they want to keep florida free that's so
1: good and i can't believe you were sitting there in real time watching the twitter feed and people going oh Desantis is beating beating, or i'm sorry chris is beating this guy up he's doing so well he that's just, all it was he, he went just went right after the other chris right there
2: and lastly again i thought this was really strong and i wish elected leaders in indiana republican and democrat would listen to this this is ron desantis talking about the fentanyl problem
4: and i signed legislation raising the penalties for people who are trafficking fentanyl and fentanyl analogs if you're trafficking that garbage that poison you are killing people in our state and we are going to treat you like the murderer that you are
2: I can't fathom that Governor Holcomb and Ron DeSantis have the no. same letter
1: next to their name. It doesn't even, there's no comparison whatsoever.
2: It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, Big Nigel, if you need a reason to drink tonight, not that you do, <laughs> but if you need a reason, raise up a glass to the general. Happy 82nd birthday to Robert oh. Montgomery Knight. Bob Knight
1: today. Wow, the big 82. Well, I wasn't going to drink tonight, but <laughs> you gave me an excuse, so there you go. Got a drink to coach. What's in that
2: white cup across from this me? This is
1: just coffee right oh, okay. now. Oh, yes, okay. Yesterday, it was a bush light.
2: <laughs> uh, so, uh, today great coffee. moments in Bob Knight history in honor of his birthday. I believe this was a speech on senior night. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past
4: i want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my
2: (laughs) i think that was a senior night if i'm wrong somebody can correct me um of course a lot of people always think about the chair incident
1: two shot technical against the bench and against bob knight
3: Steve Reed, an excellent free-throw shooter, will have the honors shooting the
4: technicals.
1: Look at here. Look at here. Bobby <laughs> Knight just threw his chair. clear across the free-throw lane. And I think uh, Fred Jones. And Bob Knight is gone. a classic moment in college basketball.
2: Dan Dockett sitting right there on the bench. And he doesn't even bat an eye. He's seen way crazier things in practice. Par for the course. (laughs) Uh, This was after he was fired at Indiana and he did an interview with Joe Buck.
5: Some kid came up to me and say, hey, Knight, what's going on? That kid made a dumb mistake. (laughs) You know, I went over to that kid. And I did a lot more
2: for the son of a bitch than his parents ever did for him. (laughs) And I went over there and I said, son, let me tell you something. You don't address
1: adults like that under any circumstances. And that's why I have no use for Indiana University. Because they use that as a reason to get me out of there. And that's absolute bullshit. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so Kyle, let's go into break with this. Again, 82nd birthday for Bob Knight. We got the top stories coming up next, but Mondo, give us a little uh going-away music for Bob Knight. Yeah, I mean, I'm really disappointed in the in the well, fucking <laughs> progress that we've made. God Damn it! This. I'm not here
1: to around this week!
0: Absolute
1: freaking stop freak freaking run your ass right in the ground. I had to sit around for a freaking year with an eight and ten record in this freaking late.
3: Coach, uh, why do you say so much? Now you better get your head out of your ass. Damn it! Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 W I B C. So
1: let's rock it! Hello, everybody. My name is Nigel. Jason the Hammer is here. And we'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Wish TV meteorologist Marcus Bailey. Marcus! Is it weird for you sometimes knowing that there are people watching you on daybreak while, like, maybe they just got out of the shower and they're, dry- <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're drying off their undercarriage like I was this morning because I didn't want to miss the story.
2: Nigel's as- doing that oh. floss thing <laughs> with the towel. Thanks for that visual,
0: Nigel. Uh, I mean, you
1: gotta, know, you gotta know as a morning show TV personality that people are, are not, uh, you know, people naked, walking around in underwear and boxers, just getting out of the Shower watching you
0: i was hoping that i was well past the stage of you know when people are nervous and you're talking that you imagine them naked that they tell you,
2: it, you know? <laughs> yeah that's right, 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 like, right, right, right. now that's going to take a step back
1: <laughs> okay all right
2: so marcus i'm looking out yeah. the window here we got some gray skies look like a little bit of rain uh coming down nothing too hard right now but feels like there's a lot more coming is this correct
0: Yeah, uh, well, here's the thing. It's our best rain chance we've had in a month. Um, We picked up nine one-hundredths of an inch of of rainfall since uh, September 25th. Uh, And so I know you guys have been reporting a lot about the burn bans. Um, And the exceptionally dry air, and and the reason why is just because we've been dry. It's the longest stretch of dry weather we've had so far uh, this year. So we've got a really decent band of rain. Uh, Just looking at radar now, you go on the state line uh, from Illinois to Indiana, it is just consistent, very steady, and at times heavy rain. Now, some of this is going to start easing its way into the metro, probably still a couple of hours now. Uh, from now, when we actually kind of pick up some steam, but I think we're probably going to have at least a couple of hours of pretty decent, steady showers. Nothing severe, um, and could get anywhere between a half an inch to an inch or rain. Not enough to flood anything, and certainly will be beneficial.
1: You know, I you mentioned those burn bands, and I some, have some notifications that have popped up on my phone recently. Is that yeah. something that's? I mean, that's is that normal for October? I don't even think I've ever seen that before.
0: It can be. Um, October's not necessarily known as an exceptionally wet month, um, but it's certainly not as dry as what we've been. And it's it's kind of a com- combination of a couple things here. Um, one, it is that we have been extremely dry. Uh, the other problem was, it, it, especially last week, if you, re- if you remember, because we were transitioning from warm to cold to warm again, uh, we had a lot of wind. And so that kind okay. of fuels any flames that would go. So the combination of those is where you're getting the alerts that you refer to are red flag warnings, which are yes, much more that's common what it was. in the West. Yeah, they're much more common, obviously, in, in places like California, and Nevada, you know, wildfire areas. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten
1: a red flag warning on my phone before. Yeah, which
0: they, is- they happen, but they, they, they're they very uncommon. you got to have a couple of, you know, unique conditions that, that – thankfully uh don't happen a lot here in central indiana but certainly there's the dry weather and, and and the gusty winds last week uh made it prime for, for for spreading of fires if it
2: was out in the open so basically what i've learned here in the last couple of minutes is that big nige and ryan Meers are a lot alike they don't understand what red flags mean <laughs> Jeez. Uh, marcus bailey is our guest <laughs> from wish tv Hey-o. um so marcus yesterday previous day before that it was awesome sunshine oh, yeah. 70 degree temperatures it felt like you know when you go to san diego or like florida in like late november or december yeah. those are the types of temperatures we had but i think mm-hmm. we're getting back to some normal fall like temperatures right
0: yeah, we are. Uh, but here, and, you know, let me take you back a little bit farther than that, Hammer. You know, a week from yesterday, it was snowing in the morning. Right, um, right. You know, so, I mean, it's literally been a roller coaster ride, which is not uncommon. October is a, is a pretty extreme transitional month, right? You're coming out of the warm summer months. You're getting ready to kind of ease your way, hopefully, into the winter months. And so you've got a lot of back and forth, which can, would sometimes open the door for, for some storms and some, some severe weather at times. Um, but I'll say this. Yes, we're going to get a cool down after this. We've had splendid 70 degree weathers dating back since last Friday. We are going to have a bit of a, a cooler snap, but I don't think it's as extreme as what we had early last week when we couldn't even get out of the 40s for highs. And we had lows into the 20s. Uh, you're probably looking at upper 50s starting tomorrow and Thursday. And then we get back to the low 60s Friday into the weekend, which actually is where we should be to end October. Low 60s is average when you get closer to Halloween. And, mo- and important to that, I think Halloween itself is going to be pretty mild and comfortable. And I think uh, sectionals for Friday, uh, Friday night football should be pretty comfortable too. So we should be in good shape.
1: Marcus, what did you do for your uh, 11th wedding anniversary? <laughs>
0: Well, nothing too crazy because, uh, as you guys know, and have kids that are involved in all the sports, my daughter is her first year doing travel gymnastics.
1: Oh, boy. And
0: so we had our first travel meet on Saturday, which was an all-day thing. So we, uh, we spent the time being... Uh, gymnastics parents for the day but but it was enjoyable so we had a good time
2: yeah we're kind of the same way in the hammer house like yeah the anniversaries the birthdays they fall on specific dates but we'll mm-hmm. celebrate it when our schedule slows down a little bit
0: exactly <laughs> Is that, if it ever slows down you know it's you're traveling all the time but <laughs> if we can sneak a day in yes we'll, we'll 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 celebrate for sure
2: marcus bailey meteorologist wish tv marcus thank you so much for That's your time marcus all right thanks fellas you got it. Uh, so, Big Nige, again, we say this all the time, but we mean it. We watch a lot of crap so our audience doesn't have to. <laughs> That's how much we love the listeners of this program. So, last night, I found myself watching a little MSNBC. Oh,
5: and they I'm had so sorry.
2: <laughs> they had a good old-fashioned live panel of potential voters in Pittsburgh, and the subject was January 6th. And, man, I don't think this panel turned out the way that the producers of MSNBC wanted. Listen to this host. And I don't even know who this woman is. She's somebody new, I think, at MSNBC. But she's trying to get the panel to talk about how horrific January 6th was, and it didn't really go her way.
0: Doug Mastriano was at the insurrection, and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas
5: is that okay?
2: Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Opening doors. Yeah. People. So, oh, that's me. I mean, I, they opened the gates. So, and so let it them shouldn't in. be
0: disqualifying for an elected official no. No. Yeah, if they no, participated
5: in January 6th. He didn't,
2: he didn't strike anybody, he didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. And
5: the uh, only uh, one that uh, died was a protester uh, there, not a Capitol police officer. An unarmed officer.
2: female veteran. That's the only the one police. that died. That's well, the only one who died.
5: A police officer did die. No.
2: It was a stroke. That's not on site. I love how well prepared the panel was right there. Because this news anchor, or not anchor, this news host of MSNBC was trying to make it look like these bloodthirsty Capitol rioters rioters killed multiple people. And they had to point out, no, there was like a heart attack. And the only person that was killed was Ashley Babbitt. She was a protester and she was unarmed.
1: And she was shot at point blank range by the way, and I could guarantee if that would have happened to a social justice protester storming a federal building in Portland or a police precinct in Dallas, and that would have happened there would have been more riots
2: in the streets. Things would have turned mostly peaceful at that point. (laughs) Uh, Here's a little bit more of this uh, January 6th panel that I think backfired on MSNBC. So
0: what do you make, though, overall of January 6th? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement. At the walls, and it was our—you know—it's the Capitol. It looked a lot true. like Antifa's action. Yeah, it to a me. Lot,
2: except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the Black Lives Matter riots. That's it's what been, I saw. The similarities to be. the
5: Minneapolis burns Kenosha, burns. but so it's okay Arkansas just because burns. just because like, one side that you no, disagree with. I'm saying okay. Antifa right. infiltrated.
4: Saying for-
1: wow! Like, listen to her. Listen to that MSNBC host. Well, so you're saying it's okay, right? Then
2: totally trying to lead them to an answer and it didn't go her way and what cracks me up and we saw this with whoopi goldberg when she was speaking with ted cruz the political left wants to act like the summer of love never happened right oh i don't know what riots you're talking about really you don't know what riots we're talking about. You know, the ones that took place, oh, I don't know, all summer long in most major cities. And it
1: just seems like these left leading corporate liberal news outlets are in their little own, you know, media bubble. Like right. they're the only ones to care about this stuff. There's t- t- 10 people sitting on this panel, and they're all like, nah, I didn't really. I mean, yeah, there was. I mean, it was wasn't anything worse than what we saw in 2020. <laughs>
2: right, that's when her head spun all the way yeah. around when that panelist. But,
1: but but they but they but they threw feces on the wall and they took Nancy Pelosi's podium. <laughs> okay. There was a guy
2: in a ski mask. How could you think that this was the same thing? Unbelievable. Uh, kind of interesting.
1: Emma and Nigel presents. Is- this-
2: It depends upon what the meaning of the word is.
1: Is this anything? A 93 how do we play Is This Anything?
2: I'm going to run a couple different stories by you. You are going to break down all the information. You're going to weigh out the pros. You're going to weigh out the cons. You will come up with a verdict. Is the story anything or not? We start with this. Christine Kelly is a special lady. They got the opportunity to meet her idol, Johnny Depp. Oh, cool! She instantly was brought to tears as Johnny Depp hugged her. Uh, she's in a wheelchair. Johnny Depp gave her a big hug, and then later, Johnny Depp goes full into his Captain Jack Sparrow <laughs> mode per her request. Nice to meet you. Sir.
0: How are you? Oh boy! Oh my
5: mother. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Or Captain Jack Sparrow. He happens to be right close to the top and the bottom at the same time, oddly. I suppose the amount of rum and the amount of rum amount that you use in the rum itself. <laughs> if there are three or four of them, absolutely <laughs> I thought that was sweet i mean that's awesome but th- immediately popped into my head that he's always in jack sparrow mode isn't he kind of sounds like, like it doesn't yeah he's like oh, you want to see crazy i'll show you remember that that clip when amber heard was recording him smashing stuff in their kitchen one morning like the wine cellar yeah and he started pouring this huge goblet of wine at eight o'clock in the morning you want to see crazy i'm showing you crazy <laughs>
4: Did something happen
1: to you? Oh, I don't geez. think so.
2: No, that's the thing. You wanna see crazy? Don't
1: give me- crazy? You wanna see crazy? I'll give you crazy. <laughs> then punch captain Shakespeare. You wanna see crazy? I'll give you crazy. I wanna, I wanna, <laughs> you wanna see crazy. crazy? Don't give me- crazy. <laughs> he just starts emptying that entire bottle of wine into some sort of goblet at eight o'clock in the morning. So my my point was, I think he. I think he kind of slips in and out of Jack Sparrow uh, unwittingly, like he's played that that character so much right. that he just basically thinks he is him, <laughs> which by the way, I think Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones inspired kind of his mannerisms and stuff really? for that character.
2: I thought you were going to say he was the first casting choice because that would have been amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I would have loved the movie if Keith Richards were playing Captain (laughs) Jack Sparrow. He wouldn't need any makeup. He would just go out there, put on a hat, and start mumbling, and (laughs) it'd be beautiful.
1: Uh, That's one of those things though. I find myself, uh, you know, I mutter to myself all the time to this day. You want to see crazy?
2: I'll give you crazy. And I like that he goes, hmm, yeah, isn't that crazy? (laughs) Here's the real reality of doing this show, the Hammer and Nigel show. We take this crap home with us at night. Like, I will find myself walking around saying Biden things. (laughs) Get ready, pal. Like, I'll say that walking around (laughs) the house. Get ready, Bow. You're going in for a problem. You you know the thing. Like I'll be trying to explain to my son what chores I want him to do. (laughs) Go take the trash out, then replace the. You know the thing. Take. What's the cocaine one? Take Uh, take a test.
1: Take a test. (laughs) No hell no. I don't need to take a test. You take a test or you take a cocaine. (laughs) You a junkie. (laughs) I'll just mutter those words to myself. I do the same thing. All the time, I'm opening the fridge. Test?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you going to take a test when you're taking cocaine? We're like method actors on this yeah. program. Uh, is this anything? Listen to this server at a restaurant stomp on a pair of sunglasses that were left by a customer who didn't pay their bill. To the
0: girls that ran out and didn't pay their tab, you left your glasses. Oh,
1: boom. Oh, I'm watching this. Let me see this. Let me see her do this. Stomp, baby. Play it Stomp. Again. Play it again. Play it again, Play To the
2: girls that ran out and didn't pay their tab, you left
5: your glasses.
1: Oh, she's hot. Wow. Uh, yeah, Dine and dashers. Dashers. Um, yeah, you pretty much deserve that for sure.
2: I leave sunglasses everywhere. I'm a horrible sunglasses owner. There's that,
1: but if you don't pay your bill, I would expect it to get it back.
2: Right. I pay my bill. I'm a good tipper as well. But man, I stopped buying sunglasses because I just... I leave them everywhere. No matter where I go, I will leave the sunglasses there. I just stop buying them. I'd rather squint in the morning, (laughs) driving right into the sun. You know, I got that thing in my car pulled down. I've got one eye. He's kind of squinting and looking like Katy Perry on stage last night. And... (laughs) (gasps) Pfizer face (laughs) The eye
1: of the (laughs) Pfizer (laughs) Uh, Just just look up Pfizer face on Twitter You'll see Katy Perry Uh, By the way, back to Keith Richards As Jack Sparrow uh, And and Johnny Depp's inspiration Uh, I didn't know this Because I haven't seen all the Pirates movies uh Justin tells us that or Josh and just Josh and 43 says they actually cast Keith Richards as Jack Sparrow's dad in the third pirate. Oh did movie. they? That's what he said. Okay. I'm not, I I don't th- I, haven't, I haven't seen all of them. I haven't seen any of them to be honest I with you. I saw the first one. It's pretty good.
2: Last one here. Is this anything? A sheriff out of Alabama claims that as a child, he was forced to eat a piece of candy laced with LSD oh, while at a man. local fair and ended up in the hospital. This is the uh, sheriff talking about the experience and warning parents of the dangers of Halloween.
1: Don't take any candy or anything
3: for it from anybody. We're just going to let you ride the, the ride. And he just kept insisting that I take the candy. So he opened the candy for me. And uh, put it up to my mouth. You got drugs just like candy. You got cookies laced with anything. You got apples and fruits that people put razor blades in.
1: Yeah. So he's so that sheriff was saying when he was a kid, he he was he was forced to take LSD that was looked like candy, or accidentally took right. Yeah man I, I like like those razor blades and rainbow fentanyl and in the candy there's there's a lot of TV news stories like that and, and and the fentanyl thing is real because I've seen like the rainbow fentanyl I mean they look like smarties right. or or sprees or whatever um I don't know that there's been any confirmed cases of kids dying from that thinking they're taking candy thinking they're eating candy but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be careful and maybe keep an eye on what your kids are eating this Halloween, for I think sure. there have
2: been a couple examples of that, because we had that in Fun Facts for Kids the other day. There have been a couple examples of tainted candy. One of them was this lunatic dad who had an insurance policy yeah. out on his kids and was trying to poison them to death with the Halloween candy. Just absolute lunatics. That being said... I've eaten a lot of Halloween candy already. Already? Oh, Oh, man. Like, I hate it when Crystal buys, like, the candy and just leaves it at home. Now, this is for Halloween. (laughs) Nope. 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 No, it's going in my big, fat gut. (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.
1: listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIVC. Yeah, Hammer, you know, I think we can play you at least a 10-minute clip of a montage of Democrats and uh, liberal talking heads over the past four to eight years uh, talking about how uh, the election, the Trump election, was, um, was in question. I mean, I, I mean, it literally, we've played it a hundred times. Uh, you know, Stacey Abrams still thinks she won uh, the election for governor of Georgia. You have Hillary Clinton saying at one point, even if Donald Trump wins the election, Joe Biden should not concede. It's clip after clip after clip of of Democrat talking heads and politicians questioning elections from the past 20 years
2: right it goes back to Bush and Gore too you had McAuliffe you had a number of these folks that still questioned that election but here's the weird thing about that Nige I was told that if you question the election results you're a threat to democracy
1: very you're a a threat to democracy you're an MAGA extremists you're a semi-fascist if you have questions about the way some of the uh, voting and some of the you know, cheap by mail went down in 2020, uh, if you have any sort of notion that anything was wrong with that election in 2020, you are a, a threat to
2: democracy. Ladies and gentlemen, Hillary Clinton.
0: I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? our opponents certainly are, right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election.
2: Now, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I assume that the fine folks at Twitter and YouTube and Google have immediately banned that video and allowed it so that you're not allowed to see it. She just put that out. It's all over the place.
1: Oh. Republicans got a plan to steal the election. And I seem to remember clearly Donald Trump using a slogan, stop the steal in the 2020 election.
2: Now, I'm just very confused here because I was told that misinformation was a really big problem in this country. And we haven't had an election yet. Hillary Clinton doesn't know what people are going to think. But yet here she is saying, yep, it's going to get stolen. They got a plan. I heard they've got a plan to steal the election. How is that not misinformation and you can bet everything that the democrats wag their finger
1: at you for they are guilty of doing themselves And it's a perfect example of it right there.
2: Right. And for those who can't pick up my sarcasm here, first of all, shame on you because I'm laying it on pretty thick. (laughs) Uh, But second of all, she's got every right to say that. If Hillary Clinton wants to say that, go ahead, put your pantsuit on, get up there, use your fake Southern accent and talk about all you want, but give everybody else the same opportunity. Right. That's what free speech is about, because Donald Trump is not allowed to say what Hillary Clinton said. But boy, Pantsuit Patty says it. Hot damn. It's the top trending thing in America.
1: She's so irrelevant and she's a failure as a a politician in terms of running for office. I mean, of course, yeah, she was a what, a secretary of state, secretary of state senator. But I mean, you know, I think what three time failed a uh, failure in running for president of the United States.
2: Had her ass handed to her by Obama yeah. twice, and then she thought for sure oh. she was going to be the president. Right There was already a Time magazine cover. Katy Perry was booked. They were going to break the glass ceiling, and then everybody in the country realized she's a horrible witch. So <laughs> they elected the big, scary orange man instead. Very few people. I mean, let's be honest here. I liked what I got out of the Trump presidency, but very few people people could lose a popularity contest on likability to donald trump (laughs) hillary clinton falls into that category hillary
1: clinton again she will tell you that donald trump was an illegitimate president she will tell you that the 2016 election was rigged fast forward four years when the other side says it or has questions about it you are a threat to democracy It's just the world we live in, everybody. And I'm not saying you should get used to it. I'm saying you should fight back.
2: So we have an update on that whole getting rid of the filibuster thing. Turns out the polling heading into midterms and then after midterms, full speed ahead to 2024 shows that a lot of people aren't on board with that. And because of that, you're seeing a lot of flip-flopping from folks on the left several prominent democratic senators are now backpedaling their support for getting rid of the filibuster because the polls indicated yeah that's not something we're down with so you had 48 48 senate democrats vote in january to get rid of the filibuster it was mansion and it was cinema that said no that's dumb idea we're not going to do that And they all said after that, well, if we get the House, if we get the Senate, if we get the right amount of numbers, this is something we're going to do. What was that over?
1: That was um, election nationalization right? That was what that whole, we're going to get rid of the filibuster and we're going to nationalize uh, the, uh, uh, you know, we're going to legislate um, nationalizing elections.
2: And if they got rid of the filibuster, that opens up the floodgates to pack in the Supreme Court and a number of different things. And the Moderates, if you want to call them that, some people would still say not quite. But mansion and cinema were like, yeah, if we vote for this, we go back to our states. We're dead people <laughs> walking, right? They're gonna send us our walking papers. No, we're not gonna do this. So now it turns out that uh, you've got a lot of folks saying, well, that whole filibuster thing. Maybe we'll have conversations about that later. The only ones that have still kind of drawing that line in the sand are tim ryan of ohio and mandela barnes of wisconsin i think fetterman's in on that too those are the three that are all about campaigning on getting rid of the filibuster and the numbers show that's not really the thing that voters are looking for right now uh mondo we haven't done this in a while let's do a round of Damn Nature, you scary. Oh no. The Hammer and Nigel show. Do you suppose we'll meet
3: any
5: wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. And have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now, Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn Nature, you scary. A 93 WIBC. Lions and tigers and bears.
4: Oh, oh
1: No way.
2: Oh, in oh, no way. Dateline Indonesia. Oh, in the way. Oh, in the way. An Indonesian woman. Died this week when a 22-foot-long python decided to swallow her whole and digest her. 22-foot python. This woman was working out Uh. on a, a rubber plantation, and I don't know what happened, but the snake got a hold of her, and the way that these big pythons operate, just bit by bit, piece by piece they swallow you whole
1: don't they they squeeze you first right they suffocate you right wrap themselves around you i didn't strike me as a particularly quick uh species Um, no you'd have to be incapacitated already like i don't know how it works but yeah they they squeeze you they'll choke you out and they'll eat you whole I've seen him explode before. Have you seen oh. snakes? Have you seen those things that they eat something that's a little too big for them and they explode? It's so no. gross. You could type it in YouTube. I wouldn't recommend it right now. If I were there, but
2: <laughs> well, this 22-foot-long python, this woman wasn't big enough because they found the woman's body inside the snake. Ugh. The husband was concerned when she never came home. He went out looking for her. He found her sandals and uh, her jacket and a knife. But he didn't find her, so he alerted the authorities, and they went out, and then they found the snake, and it had this big bulge in the middle, and they knew exactly what it was. They cut the snake open, bada boom, there she was. I think of a
1: worse way to go. At, I mean, at least, at least she would probably she was probably dead before the snake uh, consumed her.
2: Yeah, but the suffocation yeah, process yeah. couldn't be fun. Ugh. Oh man. So again, sometimes there's only one thing you can say. Damn, Nature, you're scary. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Lasted <laughs>
1: time to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Uh, coming up after 5 o'clock, a huge ruling from a state Supreme Court concerning vaccine mandates. You're going to want to stick around for that. My name's Vaccine name Nigel. waters! Uh. <laughs> Jason Hammer is here. Uh, this poll of cat and dog owners found 61% think their pet is smarter than the average person. Around 80% said, is at least as smart as another human being. Do you buy it? Do you agree with it? Uh, My cats are pretty smart because they want to kill me. They're always always underfoot. I'm always having to check before I walk down the stairs. They know. They know that if they make the right move that uh, I'm tumbling down the stairs and neck broken. (laughs)
2: Uh listen if you're telling me 81 million people voted for joe biden i know for a fact my cat if it just sits in the corner and licks its own butt for about 30 minutes is still smarter than 81 million people in this country so yes i will buy that argument um so hit us up on social media at hammer and nigel do you think your cat or your dog are as smart or smarter than the majority of people in this country, again, eighty-one million votes for Joe Biden. <laughs> Let that sink in. So, Nige, where are you yes. at with uh, McDonald's coming out with the McRib, but teasing this might be the last time you ever get it?
1: Uh, no, I didn't know they were doing that. So, whether they're saying this is the last, this, this is it, the farewell tour,
2: October thirty-first, the McRib comes back to the menu of McDonald's, but. They're saying that this is the last okay, time.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, how many farewell tours has the band Kiss been on?
2: <laughs> right. Garth Brooks loves a good farewell tour, right, too, the, doesn't he?
1: McRib. Yeah, McRib is the Kiss of fast food
2: sandwiches. <laughs> uh, I do like a McRib. I'm not going to lie. Is it my favorite thing in the world? No. Uh, but... Yeah, I just can't get behind this. And if I could have the floor for just a moment here, Nigel. Please. I'm tired of these marketing campaigns. Mondo, hit my music. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the bullcrap of fast food marketing campaigns, uh. we must stand firm and united and say... Not today, (laughs) pal. We saw this with the Mexican pizza, and as George W. Bush once said, fool me once, shame on on you. (laughs) Fool me, we won't be fooled again. (laughs) And we're not going to get fooled again by a trick by some 23-year-old marketing worm. We don't need gimmicks to go to McDonald's. You know they're not going to remove the McRib permanently. Of course not. Stop it. We will not stand for your lies, your propaganda, and your tyranny, McDonald's. We've been loyal customers for billions and billions of burgers served over years. But if you want to treat us like ignorant children, you can kiss my Big Mac and suck my McNuggets because we're not going to take this anymore. We bought your Happy Meals. We tolerated your shake machine being down 90% of the time. But this, this is where we draw the line. So I speak on behalf of all McDonald's fatties when we say (laughs) we hold these truths to be, you know, the thing. You know, the thing. Thank you. Bravo. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Top stories coming up next.
3: and Nigel.
1: you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. Oh, yeah. Let's get right. Can we get right into it, Mondo? Any delays going on? Uh, Boy, he's scrambling over there. He's working. He's working. Let's do some legal stuff. Crime. Punishment.
2: Judges. Legal
1: stuff. So this is a New York hammer. The state Supreme Court reinstated all employees who were fired for not being vaxxed uh i think this happened yesterday ordering back pay and saying their rights had been violated basically saying the government had no right to impose the vaccine mandates and destroyed you read this judge i can't sit here and read the entire thing but this judge just destroyed the entire reasoning behind the mandates in the first place so you remember what inspired these vaccine mandates for everyone it would stop transmission of COVID, right sure oh you got to get no look this will stop you from getting COVID which was an all-out lie not an error not a scientist not an error in the science an abject lie Dr. Burks, the head of Trump's coronavirus task force is on record as saying that she knew that it didn't stop transmission a few months uh, ago on her book tour before the vaccines rolled out Uh, And they're a violation, those mandates, violation of civil rights for federal or for state employees. It doesn't prevent transmission of COVID-19. And uh, again, the order, back pay, reinstatement, and saying their rights have been violated.
2: Boy, the back pay is the interesting part there, because that is a lot of back pay going on in new york because think about how many people lost their jobs you're talking about firefighters you're talking about policemen you're talking about frontline workers people that worked in the pharmacies all sorts of different avenues here that's a lot of back pay going on i wonder how swift the process is going to be until these people get their money
1: it's 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 not going to be because the they've already appealed it like uh the uh, mayor eric adams the state whatever uh, has already appealed the judge's ruling so we'll see what happens but i mean i think it's a a good sign uh, a sign of sanity finally And fourteen hundred employees from New York City alone fired for being unvaccinated. Right. they go. They they went from being heroes that first year of the pandemic to being pariahs the next year for making a personal medical choice. Their body, their choice. Notice how, notice how the abortion advocates don't really use that phrase anymore. It's been kind of sullied with the whole vaccine mandate. Thing.
2: Right, it's been transitioned to women's rights. Sure, no more "my body, my choice" because yeah. you kind of uh, dropped the ball with COVID when it <laughs> yeah. came to that.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, and they want to put this stuff in kids too. They want to, I mean the CDC came out with guidelines and recommendations that you know states can adopt those and make it possibly mandated in schools, which is absolutely nuts.
2: And there are a lot of states, Tennessee being one of them, Where it basically just automatically defaults to what the CDC is asking to do for schools. So unless they have a special session and change things around, if you want to go to school in Tennessee starting next year, the COVID vaccine is part of the other vaccines you have to get. It
1: seems like I was watching Biden today got his, I don't know, eighth or ninth booster on live TV. and it seems like like uh, the the cdc director uh walensky rochelle walensky just got her booster and then a week later got covid right it does it seems like my doctor described it as flypaper (laughs) the vaccine he's like man yeah uh, he is sort of an older base of of patients and he he said like yeah i mean we've recommended the booster but it's like they're back in two weeks with covid
2: right how many times has biden had covid this year felt like he missed a good (laughs) month uh i got covid i'm out comes back oh no covid's back covid's back COVID's back, back again. It became a pandemic of the vaccinated at one point this year. That's what it felt like anyway. Uh, More legal stuff here. Uh, So Brittany Griner, the WNBA basketball player that's locked up over in Russia, her nine-year prison sentence has been upheld. A court denied her appeal at a lengthy hearing this morning. Uh, Griner did not appear in person. She was present via a video conference link she didn't look real good she looked real downtrodden uh she was both standing and sitting down uh behind bars her team of attorneys had hoped that the officials in russia would overturn a previous ruling or at the very least reduce the sentence but uh they've got a high
1: profile professional athlete uh wrongly imprisoned I, I would agree with that. I know she was very outspoken against, you know, was just saying at one point, you know, America is an oppressive place. I'm going to kneel for the national anthem, all that stuff. But bottom line is she's still an American and she does not deserve to be in prison for nine years in a, in Russia. Right. And for and being caught
2: busted with a vape cartridge at the airport yeah, that like has some, some weed sort of in it.
1: Cannabis oil or something like that. Right. I'm a, I mean, while I didn't like what she had to say here about the United States, I don't think she deserves to rot away in some Russian prison. And I think they're using her uh, as a pawn. Right. They're going to get something for her eventually. I think she'll be out. I don't think it'll be nine years.
2: I just hope but Biden man. doesn't cave and overcompensate, overdo it. All right, you give us Brittany Griner, we'll give you back 50 ISIS terrorists. Like, <laughs> I hope that's not the deal that this guy puts into place here. Because the sad thing I is, I could see yeah, that I was happening. I say, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, let's do a round of Are You Okay With This?
0: Okay, let's begin! Are you really okay with this? Are
2: you okay? Everything's gonna be okay. Are you okay? Are
4: you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty I'm far from okay.
2: Whoa. Are you okay with this?
4: On the Hammer and Nigel Okay!
2: Now, normally when we do this, Nigel, you're running things by me. All right. But I want to flip the script here. Okay. All right? Virgin Australia, the company, is trying to make the middle seat on airlines more appealing by launching a lottery with $230,000 in prizes, including tickets and free flights. Anybody who flies in a middle seat would opt you in to this lottery. Are you okay with With this? Virgin
1: Australia is an airline, and to make the middle seat more... Uh, attractive is the only way you can enter in the sweepstakes is if right. you book your ticket, and you take the middle seat, and you have a chance to win a bunch of cash. Correct. Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm okay with it. I wouldn't do it. Would you? Man, I'm kind
2: of a gambling man. Uh, <laughs> I'm not ruling it out. Oh, the like, middle
1: seat is so brutal. I mean, it
2: is. It is brutal. But you know what? Depending on how long the flight is, if it's, you know, what, two, three hours, I can do that for a chance to win. Now, you're kind of rolling the dice here because you might get, you know, the fatties on each end like that one (laughs) uh, British political analyst had that complained on Twitter and then ultimately got some uh, travel vouchers.
1: Yeah, like $150 in travel vouchers for sitting in between two people that were obviously too big to be uh, on that plane.
2: One more here for you. All right. Let me Are get you one okay more. with this? 34% of the people in a steak survey steak, sir. say they judge their date. If they're on a date with somebody and they ordered a steak well done, Just well done. Charcoal black. And 42% said they would judge them even more harshly if they put ketchup on it. (laughs) Are you okay with this? You're saying
1: if a uh, a 24-year-old Nigel out on a first date takes her to Ruth Chris and she says, yeah, well done and give me some Heinz. Correct. Yeah, I'd probably judge her on that. I'd be like, you redneck. What if she were really, really, really hot? That would change the equation. (laughs) That's what I thought. If I knew, if I knew, I had the chance of hooking up afterwards, you know, get her more ketchup, more ketchup over here, please.
2: (laughs) This is not well done enough for this lady. I'm looking for charcoal over here. (laughs) All right, it's going to be a very magical evening. And we're back. The Hammer and Nigel Show,
1: ninety-three WIPC. Tuesdays with Tony coming up a little bit after 5.30. Tony Katz hooking up live. We'll get his thoughts on, oh, everything from Starbucks closing down on the circle to this uh, Pennsylvania Senate debate between Fetterman and Dr. Oz tonight.
2: Are you going to watch it? Are you going to find a way to stream that? Oh, man. I think I am.
1: You know, we always say we watch those kinds of things so you don't have to, but i think probably see, you're gonna I'm, make I'm me on, on, watch well, it for I'm, you <laughs> now, yeah you know what you just go ahead and watch it for me now i'm on i'm on dad duty the wife is out of town for work so i gotta do homework with the kids and get a bunch of stuff ready for school tomorrow and stuff and then by the time they go to bed it's whiskey time it's tucker time and I'll probably just fall asleep on so you the So got, you got time for whiskey
2: and Tucker, but you yeah. don't have time for Fetterman? Is that what you're telling me? I don't me? have time
1: for Fetterman, no. <laughs> the guy looks like a shaven Chewbacca.
2: His running mate is his neck. Actually, that's what I've been told. That uh, they'll both be there tonight, so I'm looking forward. Literally, to Literally,
1: if you shaved Chewbacca from Star Wars with an electric razor, that's what you'd have left.
2: <laughs> like Fetterman. If Chewbacca had to do a competitive swim match, swim meet, had to shave all yeah. their body hair off, that's what it would look
1: like. Uh, I mean, is it on? And I don't even know if it's on anywhere. It's got to be. I mean, that's well, you have to big... buy a stream. Like, okay. and I'm sure
2: somebody will YouTube it and stream it. Uh, but. Yeah, I think I'm going to sit down, crack open a few ones, and uh, check out Fetter Woman. (laughs) Tony Katz coming
1: up after 5.30.
2: So, World Series begins on Friday, and history could be made, Nige. The biggest sports betting win of all time could happen as a result of the World Series. Not this Mattress Mac guy. Mattress Mac is back again, baby. Um, So Mattress Mac needs the Astros to win four more games, win the World Series, to win $75 million. So he made a bet at the beginning of the year to have the Astros win the World Series.
1: Oh, he did at the beginning of the year?
2: It was a seven-figure bet, and the Astros were anywhere from 10 to 1% or 5-1, to one, depending on which sports book you went with, to win the World Series. So he put a seven-figure bet down, and if the Stros beat the Phillies, my man's going to win $75 million that would go on record as the biggest sports betting win in the illegal sports betting history. Legal being the key word there. Ooh. So I'm still rooting against him. I want the Phillies <laughs> to win this thing. I can't stand those no good, rotten, cheating, trash can banging, buzzer using Houston Astros. Not that I want Philly fan to celebrate, but I've got at least some reasons to like the Phillies. I like Kyle Schwarber. I like Castellanos and a friend of the show Christina from Hoagies and Hops. She's a Philly fan. Okay, so for all those reasons, I'm in on the uh, do Phillies. You, do
1: you like that hothead on the Phillies? Um, Is it Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper.
2: I'm all right right with Bryce Harper. I am. He's a competitive dude, um, and I'm all right with that. And again, I don't think any of them have been busted cheating. So that's kind of important for me. The Astros are probably the better team, but the Phillies, man, they're playing good ball. So um, speaking of sports betting. Oh,
1: he bet $10 million. Is that what you said? $10 million to win $75 million.
2: So good luck, I guess, but I hope he loses. So yesterday we were on the air when Sam Ellinger was named the Colts' starting quarterback. Yeah. Matt Ryan, he's no longer an option for the Colts. It's Sam Ellinger's team. I guess the public loves Sam Ellinger because the Colts are now a three-point favorite this weekend. It was just two and a half yesterday, and then the news came out, and apparently the betting community was like, hot damn, give me the Colts, and now it's up to a field goal against Washington.
1: Is Washington better without Carson
2: Wentz now that he's on the IR? I mean, they just beat the Packers yeah. over the weekend, but the Packers are struggling a little bit too. So I don't know, but I just think it's interesting that in 24 hours, that point spread went up a half point. And the betting community, that's you know how these things change. Everybody's jumping on the Sam Ellinger train. So we'll see if anything happens. Um, we got a lot of stuff to get to here coming up. Um, <laughs> we have a uh, Tetris update in a roundabout way. I love Tetris. Right? Uh, we have a video game story that may surprise a lot of people. I,
1: I mainly played Tetris more on the Game Boy than I did on a, the physical, on the NES. Did you... Did you find that at all? I
2: did did the actual NES. Really? But we have real life Tetris in the house. Like whenever my wife is trying to put all the groceries in the car or if we go shopping somewhere all the bags, she'll make them fit in the back. Like I'll look at that and say there's no possible way that crap is going to fit in my car, but the coupon lady will find a way. She'll get stuff sideways and I'll be damned. It'll work.
1: Yeah, I was more of a a Super Mario Brothers NES addict than I was. uh, But there is some good news ahead for those of you that have young kids i think uh and you're going to want to listen to this update we have about uh, video game players in your house
2: tony katz coming up next
1: you're listening to the hammer and nigel show hey tony hey tony pretty boy tony
5: it's Tuesday with
1: tony katz on the
0: hammer and nigel show uh,
1: don't want to keep tony waiting my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here, hooking up live with Tony Katz for Tuesdays with Tony. Uh, a, a longtime mainstay on Monument Circle, almost an iconic uh, brand, Starbucks. Shutting down, citing safety concerns is one of the reasons for its employees. We've heard this narrative over the past uh, couple of weeks, that no, Indy's safe. This is a safe town. We've had 24 homicides to 24 days in October. I'm wondering what your thoughts are as as we see that Starbucks... Uh, a relatively uh, Liberal Liberal Company that donates heavily to social justice causes, saying, "Yeah, this 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 isn't for us. This is uh, not safe for our employees." I I think two things because you saw there that it was Rocket Fizz and
3: Supremacy who were both uh, quoted as saying, "Well, we we don't see any problems here. We're we everything's safe by yeah. us. It's fine uh, by us." I don't know if that's because that they believe that or because they still need people to come downtown. Doesn't matter how you spin it. The idea that funny uh, Starbucks never called the police. Uh, and, and said there was a problem, it just looks awful. It just looks miserable. And this city refuses to understand that perception is reality, and they have done nothing as a city, whether it be the mayor's office or the city county council, to counter the perception. And they'll get mad at you guys, right? They'll get mad at me for noticing. It's not our problem. We're honest people. You're the ones not doing anything about it, not changing narrative, not actually being proactive to make the city better. The city's in rough rough shape, and you're the people who could do something about it. You haven't, and Starbucks leaving looks disastrous.
2: And I'm glad you bring up the fact that there are some people that just— refuse to open their eyes and they blame us for talking about it the guy that owns the comic book shop has ripped me repeatedly because i've talked about the crime on monument circle i witnessed a big fight on prom night for my son on a saturday night and i got the comic book guy basically saying that i'm making stuff up despite the fact that i've got it on video People are so wed to that big D for Democrats that they don't even want to open their eyes and acknowledge. Yeah, this Democrat run city has some major issues.
3: Now I don't think. I mean, because because you brought him up, I don't think Doug, who owns the comic book shop, uh, Downtown Comics, is is wedded to a political party. I have never gotten that vibe off of of the man in in my life, in my conversations with him. So I don't know about the back and forth that you guys had, but I would find. It's very hard to believe that people would say oh no there's not a problem down here at all there are however people who are wedded to that d after a name and they refuse to accept the fact that there are problems i've made the argument if i i may not be able to get you to vote for a republican or a conservative which is what i would actually uh, desire in terms of policy that i think moves a, a city and a state and a nation forward but do you have to vote for these democrats These Democrats have proven they don't want to run a city. So stop voting for these people. Vote for other Democrats. Maybe we'll have a shot.
1: And, and here's the thing I'm hearing on a, on a bigger national level is that if you're concerned with the safety, if you think these Democrat-run cities are uh, unsafe and are violent, then you're a racist. That's what Krasner did in Philly uh, a couple of days ago. Oh,
3: the district attorney, like yes. Krasner. Yeah. What did you ah, think about him? About that?
1: I just said screw him. <laughs> I don't know.
3: What, I, I'm not I sure mean, what else am I supposed to say say, it's the that's, lowest hanging fruit. If you notice crime, you're a racist. That's uh, that. That's a ridiculous commentary. Do not use your eyes. Do not use your ears. Do not use your mind. The only problems are the ones we tell you are problems, and that's uh, the fascist Nazi Republicans. Everything else, if you should notice it, you're a bigot. That's uh, one heck of a way to live. I suggest we don't live that way. And we explain to our children and our children's children that people like Larry Craig Osner are putzes. (laughs)
2: Tuesdays with Tony. Tony Katz joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. So we've been talking a lot about some of these midterm races in other states. Because even though we live in Indiana, if some of these lunatics get elected to the House and Senate, these are the people that then control your health care and other issues like that. So tonight, Tony, all eyes are on Pennsylvania. You've got uh, Fetterman against Dr. Oz. What some would say is the worst first Senate race in this country, but it also could decide the balance of the Senate. Fetterman's going in there, and it seems like his campaign staff is already trying to lower expectations <laughs> for this debate tonight. What are your thoughts? So if you read the letter that his
3: team put out, I spent a lot of time talking about this today because there actually is some concern that the Oz campaign should have going into this because no matter how Oz answers a question, is he, is he going to be able to ask Fetterman a question? Fetterman's team has already said he can't understand the question being asked of him. NBC News has verified this by their actual reporting to which they were called ableists. So, how does Oz act and engage here? And are they going to be told, are we going to be told, Oz was so rude to John Fetterman. Oz knew that he had this stroke, and look at how he treats him. Does he treat all his patients this way? There is a real uh, issue that Oz is going to have in threading that needle. And then of course, is there any level of rope a dope going on? You lower expectations so much ah. that Fetterman I, I exceeds the expectation. Politics is an expectations game. And then you've got that going. But if you read the open letter from the Fetterman campaign to the media, it's all about how, you know, Fetterman's not a good debater. And Fetterman isn't good at this. I think the Philadelphia Inquirer wrote a story uh, about this. And this is where Oz lives and breathes. He's a 20-year a track record on TV. And you know he was just selling snake oil to the American people. And you know he can't be trusted. And you know he lied about this. You know he's a fraud about that. It was this attack thing, while also admitting, yeah, he's a professional, and yeah. and then Fetterman
1: is, uh, you know, not very good at this. Yeah, at least Fetterman has is debating. Actually, he's getting up there. Uh, Hobbs, over, has he gotten up there yet? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. yet. So and I don't the expectations are
2: now that if he just gets up there, grunts three times and farts, it's considered a win. Whoa, 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 whoa! You think that he could
3: have something coming out both ends? Very impressive.
1: Well, I'm just saying at least he's debating the the gubernatorial race in Arizona. Uh, Carrie Lake, Katie Hobbs. Hobbs just looks like a coward, don't you think? Even here locally uh, with the Secretary of State, Diego Morales refused a uh, debate. Yeah, uh, the Arizona race is weird. Katie Hobbs
3: is the strangest candidate. She wouldn't debate the primary candidates either. Um, very, very odd. She's a peculiar person. She comes across as very... Um non-professional, I believe is the terminology. We, we would we would utilize um, super, super, super strange person.
2: So as we get closer and closer to midterms, we're two weeks out today, Tony. What is the storyline or story lines... Um that have your attention that might not be uh, national stories or might not be the number one story for a lot of people? Is there some sort of hidden story that you're fascinated with?
3: Uh, I don't know if there's a hidden story... I'm fascinated with. Uh, like, like uh, give me an example of what you think is a hidden story, and then I'll uh, have an idea of how to play it.
2: Well, hidden story meaning, all right, we all know that the economy is going to be the number one issue. I want to see with exit polling coming out of midterms how many people talk about January 6th, how many people bring up abortion, because I think it's going to be a substantially lower number than a lot of people believe.
3: Oh, 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 abortion is not a mover in this election at all. Anybody who says otherwise is just lying to their teeth. Lying to through their teeth. The polling shows it's between 5 and 8% of where people are, are at. This is an inflation election. This is a uh, a cost of goods election. This is a security and safety election. That's what this is. Uh, and, and most importantly, I think this is, you know, 81 million people, they say, voted for, for Joe Biden. And of course, this is a nonsense number, not because I believe the election was stolen. I believe the election had issues. 81 million people didn't vote for Biden. A massive amount of people voted against trump and what they voted for was normalcy and what they got was not normalcy they're getting called a bigot every single day their kids are being abused in schools with this indoctrination every single day they're not sure how they're going to be able to feed their families every single day they want normalcy and the biden administration is the furthest thing in the world from normalcy so they're happily going to swing back to the republican party in the hopes that stuff just calms the blank
1: down uh tuesdays with tony katz here on the hammer and nigel show one more thing before we let you go tony heard you talking about this on your midday program uh kanye west or yay west I'm, I'm gonna keep on calling him kanye I, I, i'm not sure I, yay. I, it's yay whatever uh <laughs> dropped by adidas um is this cancel culture i mean he said some pretty anti-semitic things um and you were kind of uh, there's a difference here between cancel culture and then adidas saying whoa you said some crazy stuff what do you think
3: well first uh the, the anti-Semitism cannot be uh, denied. If yep. you're going to play in the camp of, you know, Jews control the media and they're trying to silence me, okay. Uh, I, I've been through that in my life. It is what it is what it is. Um, I don't think he should be taken off social media platforms. I don't think he should be stopped from being able to say all the absolutely awful, disgusting things he's been saying. Uh, that said, uh, that said, if Adidas is like, yeah, this isn't good for the brand anymore, then Adidas can say that. And so can uh, Balenciaga and so can uh, his... his agent and a host of others. He's gone toxic. He's bad for business. The idea that you can't do business with someone anymore, that's something else. The idea that someone shouldn't be allowed to speak anymore, that is the thing I oppose, and I oppose anybody saying that Kanye shouldn't be able to speak. He may be an anti-Semite, but he's allowed to be an anti-Semite. He's wrong, but he's allowed to say the words.
2: Are you ready for a night with WIBC presented by Relay Indiana, my friend? Not at all. Not in (laughs) any shape Good, good. Perform. You're going to go up there, stand there, just smoke a couple stogies and mail it in. You're going to look at your phone if, for about 25 minutes. If I can get away
3: with smoking a cigar on stage, that's happening. <laughs> that's going down like you wouldn't believe. What's well, coming up with the big show tomorrow? Well, we we're going to see what the results are of this Fetterman um debate with with dr oz i i think that's that's a that's a big one right there i think it's gonna be kind of kind of fascinating how how that plays out so that's probably the top of where i'm gonna
2: be and we'll let everything else fall from there he's on social media at tony katz facebook tony katz radio tk thank you always it's the hammer and nigel show
1: It's the Hammer Nigel show. Uh, my name is Nigel. It's Jason Hammer coming up after 6 o'clock. An entire hour of the show, including uh, Joe Hogsett, set. our mayor kind of doing a victory lap over the stats uh, concerning violent crime in Indy. And it's they-
2: weird, man, because one minute he'll act like he's really upset, but then he's really quick to remind you it's down compared to last year. Uh, we'll explain more
1: after six. Uh, hammer, the, the, actually, I got some uh, mood music here I'm going to play. See, tell me if you recognize this. Here. Oh, um, that is Tetris. Tetris. Yes. A new study shows that playing video games may actually boost a child's brain power.
2: Now, wait a minute. Like when we were growing up. All of our parents told us, don't just sit there and play video games. Read a book.
1: Go, Go outside. outside. Uh, that's what I say to my son a lot, and my daughter for that matter. He, Connor's really into the, um, oh, I forget what it is on Xbox. One of those first-person games where you're yeah, you know, like Fortnite or something like that. Grand he, Theft he's, Auto. He's good. He, no, no, we <laughs> wouldn't let to play Grand Theft Auto. But he's, he is really good at it. And I like that he's good at. It. I like that he can talk to his friends on it. Um, so, and a lot of people are down on video
2: games. Are you down on the video games for your kids? No, like, you know what I mean. Like, as long as they have good grades yes. and they get some activity in, whether it's a sport, whether it's a club, you know, whatever it is, get a little bit of balance. But I'm fine if they get everything done and they want to play some games.
1: So, this psychiatrist at the University of Vermont says that kids who play three or more hours per day, were faster and more accurate in memorizing information and controlling
2: impulses. Interesting. So video games are actually making some kids smarter. I, I, You know, controlling impulses. Like, I'll hear
1: hear random stuff from Connor's room. Like, no! Kill him! Oh, you hacked! You got hacked! (laughs) I got hacked! Hacker! Just I mean, just, just like. Are you like raising random, Joy Reed? <laughs> just <laughs> random stuff. Hacked. Um. Oh yeah, because Joy Reed was supposedly "quote unquote" hacked. Yeah. Right. No. Um. So, I, I that's something glad to hear. I mean, I, I think it offers maybe a little, um, uh, you know, improvement in dexterity and concentration. Maybe and, some hand-eye to coordination. Uh, yes, exactly. I don't know that Super Mario Brothers from uh, Nintendo Entertainment System when I was a kid helped me along
2: in any way, shape, or form. Tetris can be a life skill, though, because the reason I know this is when we go on trips somewhere and shopping is involved, the coupon lady (laughs) will fit a ridiculous amount of crap in the trunk, and she puts it in there like Tetris. Uh, So uh, those of you with kids that are
1: playing a lot of video games, don't be concerned. It's, It's not that big a deal. This psychiatrist from the University of Vermont says... You play three or more hours a day. You're more accurate in memorizing info and controlling impulses. What if it's three
2: and a half hours of Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption?
1: (laughs) It didn't say specifically what video games. Three hours of beating
2: up a hooker in GTA. (laughs) Good for the kids. Shocking. We'll be back. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.